So, uh, Kate, I don't know if you would like to introduce Amit or if you would like for me to go ahead and do that. Don, why don't you go ahead and introduce him? You all speak the same Baldridge language, secret language. So you can throw the secret sign in or the password in while you're introducing him. Okay, I'll do yeah. that. And, and there's no question that Amit is definitely not an OP. So there you are. There's the Baldridge stuff right now. Um, well, Amit is, is, has become a dear friend as well as one of our PIMBA graduates and as, as have virtually all of my alums. Uh, we, we've just been so privileged to have people like Amit and, uh, and a lot of his peers in our program. And Amit has had a very interesting career because in addition to the Baldridge stuff that he's done, he has, uh, he's been an examiner, but he also was uh, chief quality officer at North Mississippi Health System. And you guys know that uh, in virtually every class since I've been teaching this, I use their application as one of the teaching tools, as one of the case studies. And the reason I do that is because North Mississippi is a very unique organization. It's in the in the middle of, uh, uh, well, it, it's in a, a metropolitan area, but the vast majority of the area around it is rural, which means that they have tremendous uh, health issues that they have to deal with, as well as all of the, uh, the comorbidities of uh, folks who live in that area. But uh, they also have got logistic issues and reimbursement issues, a number of different challenges that they face. So. Uh, tremendous work that they've done over the years, and Amit was right in the middle of it. Well, he now is, he decided he, that wasn't enough of a challenge. He now is the chief medical officer for United Healthcare for their Medicaid program in Mississippi. And talk about a challenge, guys. I mean, that is a challenge in and of itself. And I hope he'll regale us with some of his uh, challenges at, uh, at uh, UHC and Mississippi as well. But in any event, I don't want to take any more of his time. And I do want to present him, uh, Dr. Amit Prasad. Thank you very much for joining us today and sharing your experience. Thank you, Don. <clears throat> good morning, folks. It's uh, good to meet with you virtually. As Don said, I'm Amit. I'm an internist by training. I graduated Pemba in 2014. And like you said, I've had some experience with the Ball Ridge program. But as I was mentioning just a few minutes ago, Baldridge is such a huge topic, and I feel like an ant on a hill when I'm talking about Baldridge. So a standard official disclaimer, this is, uh, these are my opinions, my viewpoints in this presentation, nothing official, uh, no official sanction to this, to any of this. So before I, when I was starting this presentation, I did some topic research. Obviously, you have to do that. So I was trying to find out what does an award mean? And so I found that this is what an award means. Then I tried to see if I could find out what Baldridge means. And there was nothing online on Baldridge as far as the dictionary is concerned. So that was a little disappointing for me. I thought there'd be more than that. Uh, so anyhow... But one thing I did find was this ad that I, um, that I came across. So the question I guess is why would you want to put in the effort to earn an award? With all the work that we're doing already, we are really busy people. Why would we pause and think about an award? 
Well, I thought, like I said, this was an interesting little uh, blurb that came up in my research. And this side, this had nothing to do with Ballridge or healthcare or anything. This was simply an invitation to nominate a team for the so-called sourcing awards. And this was in 2018, celebrating industry innovators. But the ad kind of sort of resonated with me and really brought home to me the reason why we want to be awarded because we need to stand out. And healthcare also is in the midst of a transformation. Indeed, um, you know, I think that in a few years, it'll be a very different, uh, it'll be very different in healthcare. It's already changed so much. And to thrive, a healthcare system will need to stand out and learn to recognize the disruptive forces that they may have to deal with, learn to adapt, and not become redundant. So how can you stand out and anticipate future changes in healthcare? As a Baldrige organization, you will certainly stand out and you'll have much better tools to react, adapt, and to be ready for the changes coming down the pike. So the agenda I propose is as follows. Baldrige, the what, why, and how, Baldrige in healthcare, institution or leadership, snapshot or streaming, and to be or not to be a Ballridge examiner. So first some basic Ballridge talk. I will try to explain Ballridge to the best of my knowledge and understanding, which as I've already admitted, I am very early in my own Ballridge journey. So is FedEx just another corporation? Is the Ritz Carlton just another hotel? It is not what you do, it's how you do it. The Baldrige Excellence Program shows the way and has a fundamental orientation and a more systematic approach to leadership, planning, customers, workforce, processes, and learning. So just to step back for a moment, this is Harvard Malcolm Mac Baldrige Jr. He was an American businessman and he served as the United States Secretary of Commerce from 1981 until his death in 1987. He was a proponent of quality management and helped to create the US Quality Improvement Act of 1987. The Baldrige National Quality Award was established by the US Congress in 1987 to raise awareness of quality management and to recognize U.S. companies that have implemented successful quality management systems. The award is the nation's highest presidential honor for performance excellence. And the goal of the, of the, uh, of the uh, Quality Improvement Act was really to enhance the competitiveness of U.S. businesses. If you go back to the mid-1980s, U.S. leaders realized that American companies needed to focus on quality in order to compete in an ever-expanding, demanding global marketplace. Then Secretary of Commerce Malcolm Baldrige was an advocate of quality management as a key to U.S. prosperity and sustainability. After he died in a rodeo accident in 1987, Congress named the award in recognition of his contributions. So why embark on a Baldrige journey? The Baldrige program oversees the nation's only presidential award for performance excellence while offering criteria, assessments, tools, training, and a community 
for those dedicated to help organizations improve. Ballrich provides a framework to improve the organization's performance and to get sustainable results. The criteria for performance excellence is a Socratic exercise which starts with leadership, which uh, incorporates proven practices on current healthcare leadership and management issues, and really ends with results. Thousands of organizations around the world have used the Baldrige Excellence Framework, the core values and the concepts, the criteria for performance excellence and the scoring guidelines to improve and get sustainable results. And those recognized as national role models, of course, receive the Baldrige Award. We'll come back to core values a little bit later. The purpose of the Baldrige Framework is simply to help your organization answer three questions. Is your organization doing as well as it could? How do you know? And what and how should your organization improve or change? And if you really think about it, I think answering these three questions will give you a profound understanding of your organization and is to me foundational to any quality improvement efforts. Baldrige is a non-prescriptive framework that empowers your organization to reach its goals, to improve results, and to become more competitive. It incorporates proven practices and current leadership and management issues into, like I said, a set of questions that help you manage all the components of your organization as a unified whole, which is how you get to performance excellence. Now, sometime earlier, I had mentioned core values. The core values are the beliefs and behaviors that underpin the Baldrige criteria for performance excellence, by which applicants are evaluated for the award. While examiners do not evaluate applicants against these core values, it is important for examiners to understand that they provide the foundation for the criteria. The core values recognize that in order for an organization to achieve performance excellence, it must begin with a systems perspective and visionary leadership. The other core values are customer-focused excellence, valuing people, organizational learning and agility, focus on success, managing for innovation, management by fact, societal responsibility, ethics and transparency, and of course, delivering value and results. Now, frankly, folks, I think really the core values deserve a talk all their own. So going back to my earlier slide about why make an effort to earn an award, healthcare today faces several challenges, some of which I have uh, listed here. So the Baldrige Excellence Framework will help the organization to anticipate, prepare for, and recover from disruptions, which really contributes to resilience, and to protect and enhance all aspects of your operations when disruptions do occur. The criteria systems approach prepares you for patient and workforce safety with specific questions that ask how you reduce and prevent patient harm, and ensure a safe workplace. Similarly, questions will ask how leaders cultivate intelligent risk-taking and innovation, how you ensure fair treatment for your patients and workforce, 
how you ensure diversity in your workforce, your awareness of emerging security and cybersecurity threats, how you promote societal responsibility, which by the way, um, includes supporting your community and protecting your environment, and how you understand future trends in technology. So all in all, a Ballridge winning facility should be able to, to provide high quality patient care in a sustainable manner. But there is a small caveat, which I will touch upon later. So Ballridge has a national and global impact. The, uh, the, the framework and criteria play three roles in strengthening US competitiveness. They help improve organizational processes, capabilities, and results. They facilitate the communication and sharing of best practices amongst organizations. They serve as a working tool for understanding and managing organizational performance, guiding your strategic thinking, and providing opportunities to learn. So how did an award to improve quality of goods and services in US companies get into healthcare. Healthcare organizations became eligible for the award in 1999, and the first recipient was SSM Healthcare in St. Louis, which won the award in 2002. To date, 29 healthcare entities have won the awards, with two having won it twice. In this time frame, a total of 133 awards have been presented, and there are several categories, including nonprofits, small business, education, service, manufacturing, and of course, healthcare. The Baldrige framework is such a powerful tool for leading healthcare organizations that the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology recommended that the Department of Commerce and the Department of Health and Human Services build on the Baldrige Award to help bring down the cost and improve the quality of healthcare across the United States. I'll say that again, use this award as a foundation to help decrease costs and improve quality in healthcare. So does Ballridge fit in healthcare? Ballridge actually is very well suited to healthcare. I feel more so than to any other industry. There is an emphasis on long-term results importance of levels and trends in comparisons to other healthcare entities and to standards of care. For healthcare leaders, the first, things, first thing you notice about the structure is focused primarily on results and on leadership. Baldrige places nearly half the focus of, on, on achieving and maintaining superior results and has an impact on organizational alignment and integration, which is critical in healthcare. So we kind of move from incidentally providing good care sometimes to being sustainable and predictable providers of good quality care to all our patients. So I did a deeper dive into the healthcare recipients of the Baldrige Award since 2011. That was my weekend project. Some of the common themes I noticed in Baldrige winners were high performance, engaged employees, good finances, good market share, better patient outcomes, and high customer satisfaction. 
So a common question among leaders new to Volridge is, is it really an accurate gauge of performance excellence? So back in 2011, a Thomson Reuters study compared Ballridge hospitals, which were award winners and applicants receiving site visits to the 100 top hospitals award winners. And they found that Ballridge award recipients were significantly more likely to win 100 top hospitals national award. Ballridge hospitals are significantly more likely to display a faster pace of performance improvement over a five-year period. Ballridge hospitals were 83% more likely to win 100 top hospitals national award for excellence in balanced organization-wide performance. And Ballridge hospitals outperformed non-Ballridge hospitals in practically all individual performance measures used in the top 100 hospitals composite score. And even, even amongst those who applied for the Ballridge, but did not actually win the award, these, these folks are six times more likely to be in the top and to outperform non-Ballridge applicants in patient safety and mortality, complication rates, length of stay, profit margins, and so forth. So that was 2011. Has that been maintained? Is it as true in 2021 as it was in 2011? Or has the shine of the award rubbed off? So I did a little more digging into that myself. And that was my spreadsheet that I created over the weekend. I looked at the previous decade of Ballbridge winners and then looked at their current CMS and LeapFrog ratings. And you know, I, I picked these two because I regard these to be surrogate markers of good quality and continued excellence. So right off the bat, first of all, it's clear that winning Ballbridge appears to be good for continued business as 94% are still in operation, you know, 16 out of 17. About four in 10 have maintained CMS five-star and higher leapfrog rating. But some, about a third, have lower star or leapfrog ratings. And a few, the minority, have done poorly in both CMS and leapfrog ratings. So that brings us to the next question. Is it the institution or is it leadership? that the award celebrates. Is it possible for a great system with poor leadership to win this award, or is that an oxymoron? I certainly think that a not so good system with great leadership can get to the Baldrige Award. And I will present one example next. So first example, Henry Ford. So when Nancy Schlichting became the CEO of Detroit-based Henry Ford Health System in 2003, it needed a turnaround. The culture she recalls was described as a thousand points of veto. It was impossible to get anything done. And leadership needed more than anything to do something for the hospital to survive. Not only did the hospital survive, it thrived. In 2011, it won the Baldridge Award. The Baldridge examiners saw a completely different system. Far from a system on the brink of crisis and collapse, they found that this was a hotbed, this system was a hotbed for innovative solutions. And it got to that point through the CEO's leadership. 
Fast forward to the modern era, 2019, the Henry Ford deal, which launched at the start of 2019 as one of the coverage options for the 23,000 GM beneficiaries in the Detroit area. This is the auto manufacturer's only direct contract with the provider. The capacity to take on downside risk was deemed critical and Henry Ford's financial standing enabled it to take this on, a far cry from many years earlier. In addition, Henry Ford had demonstrated its ability to drive care delivery changes, manage large amounts of data. It had the ability to, to meet network requirements and it could be counted upon to improve quality. Example two, St. David's. David Huffstuttler, president and chief executive officer of St. David's Healthcare, was appointed the CEO in 2011 and is still the CEO today. It was a good system on the day it won the Baldrige. It exhibited superior standards, recognized people at the heart of its success, was customer focused. It demonstrated exceptional performance and net revenue growth through expanded operations and operational discipline between 2007 and, and 13, with an increase of more than 70%. The inpatient market share had increased every year since 2008. The system today appears to maintain it. I mean, it's still a high achiever on the CMS and leapfrog rates, and it remains a market leader, continues to invest in the community. Now, some declines. This is Charleston Area Medical Center Health System. It won the Baldrige in 2015, and at that time it was a high-performing system with high-quality inpatient service, top decile outpatient patient satisfaction metrics, reductions that they had achieved in sepsis mortality, and they made a large contribution in the provision of uncompensated care in their area. And this is where the system is now in 2020, CMS one star. Leapfrog D. And like I said to you earlier, I acknowledge that using CMS and Leapfrog may not be entirely apples to apples, but it's more objective than I can find any other system right now. Interestingly, if you uh, if you go to their website and uh, and see if they feature if they are featuring the fact that they are Baldrige winners, you will find this after more than three clicks. It's almost an embarrassment. What happened? I don't know. So we have seen a ho-hum system, you know, Henry Ford whipped into shape by excellent leadership, which goes from rags and mints to Baldrige. And then a system which was high performing at the time of the award and is staying at that level right now. But what happens if the leadership moves on? Is the institution still a Baldrige facility or does it start to spiral downwards? So next we will present such a possible scenario. So, let us look at the system, which back in 2012 was the only healthcare entity to have won the award twice in six years. Now, this is my view of the Baldrige on the applicant side. I have deliberately not named this institution to protect the guilty, but also because I don't really want to talk disparagingly about the system whose clinical staff and leaders I respect highly. Besides, I think the lessons here are more generic. 
you know, the, the, where, where the promise of Baldridge is, but also where can it, frankly, be even negative, so to speak? And I think it comes down to how well the cake is baked. So win the Baldridge for the second time in 2012, at that time, top decile edge caps, a lot of innovation, great employee retention, great financial standing for a nonprofit. The system today, CMS and leapfrog grades are middling and not indicating a high performing system and a twice Baldridge winner. Similarly on the scores by US News Best Hospitals, and I certainly would expect better. And maybe I'm being overly critical, I don't know, but again, like I said, a twice Baldridge winner, I expect better than CMS three star, right? So let's take a deeper dive into what happens if the Baldridge becomes less of a journey and more of a destination. And take a look at that cake baking thing I brought up a little bit earlier. So a little background, many years ago, the flagship hospital of this system won the Baldrige Award and it really indicated very forward thinking by the CEO. He managed to get the hospital middle leadership involved in this process. However, many of the physicians did not get engaged in this process and were never truly brought into the picture, which looking back was a lost opportunity. After all, hospitals cannot function without physicians and physician leaders. This meant that the physicians had little to no ownership in this process. And this is one of the Baldrige core values, visionary leadership, which should really include both healthcare provider and operational leaders. So after the hospital won the award, there was a mass exodus of the middle leadership who sought out careers in larger systems. This essentially hollowed out the leadership and except for the CEO, resulted in a massive turnover. As physicians had really not been involved in this process and since the middle leadership was now gone, the cultural change that the CEO tried to bring about and worked on suddenly became a reverse tsunami and the Baldry journey appeared to end. In fact, the CEO was kind of sort of let go a year after the award had been awarded, had been received. And I'll give you one example from outside healthcare. And this is, again, I think pointing to the same problem. So it's not just healthcare that runs into these challenges. This is a quote I found recently on the NIST website about the experiences of a manager of Western Electric five years after they had won the Baldrige. And he said that after the getting Baldrige award, the new management uh, stopped using the Baldrige criteria for performance excellence and unresolved failures increased. The manager said life is much happier and more productive when they were using Baldrige. Not long after this, the plant closed. So the community lost what had been a 10,000 employee factory in 1980, one that had an annual 1 billion economic impact in the area. So the question is, do institutions that win the award continue to live by the ideals of the award? Is Baldrige able to really assess whether, whether the institution is approaching the award as a journey they're committed to sustain? And to me, this should be central to the award as I am not interested in attaining excellence only to lose it 
soon after and not have a robust process to bake it in or to ensure that the, that the processes are sustained and, and sustainable. Now, I don't think that Ballridge makes a mistake in determining the applicant's level of accomplishments at the time of the award process. However, if some institutions are approaching this as a destination and not a journey, the post-award deflation is bound to occur. An ongoing journey will lead to changes that are debaked and sustainable. And I acknowledge this is a judgment call and I realize that there will be many differing opinions and perhaps different scenarios play out in different organizations. This is my viewpoint and what I have seen from the applicant and the examiner side. So how do we ensure that an organization that wins the award remains true to the ideals of the award? So in my opinion, this should no longer be an award for the certification. You were certified to be a Ballridge organization in say 2021, and, and we re reassess you in perhaps two years and see if the organization has sustained the journey. And this could be a simpler certification process I understand this will take a commitment from both parties, the awarded organizations and MBNQA, but that may be the whole point of this Ballridge journey. Moreover, if an organization decides to use Ballridge consultants, polish applications, use buzzwords, approach this as an accomplishment to brag about rather than live by, and at least in my experience, that, that significant deflation post-award this will ensure continued relevance of the journey and the award. This will no longer be a snapshot, but will force systems to continue to stream this movie for an extended period of time. And we all know that continuing to live by these ideals will indeed become a habit hard to break. We'll create a, a deeper layer of leadership that will be culturally sensitive to this. And we'll continue to live by it even if there is transition. Hey, perhaps the President's Council folks can, can persuade Congress to bump Medicare reimbursements for Ballridge certified uh, hospitals by 0.5%. You know, anything to encourage continued, uh, continued pursuit of excellence. And finally, let's touch upon this question, to be or not to be a Ballridge examiner. So after all this happened, I wanted to learn more about the Baldrige program and so I volunteered to be an examiner. It turned out to be one of my, one of the most rewarding experiences that I have had and really helped me better understand the Baldrige Excellence Framework and the criteria. Sure. It taught me how to analyze um, high-performing. Okay, systems. no, that's fair enough. Okay, so proning. So proning comes from the Proceva trial, 2013, Claude Guerin, primary author. I, I, I'm not being a smart ass. I'm just giving you the didactics of this from a critical care perspective. Was the only trial that showed a mortality benefit. This was non-COVID and the PF. So Sorry about um, that. Oh, that, that's okay. Um, so it kind of taught me, you know, how to analyze high-performing systems, assess their strengths and opportunities for improvement, 
and to be able to give feedback that 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 feedback report that we generate at the end of the uh, of the uh, uh, examination process, especially around issues that they may not have given as much thought to as they thought they had, and. In addition to that, you know, just the whole team, you learn from the rest of the exam on the team. Are, these are experts in their own, uh, in their own areas and uh, really contribute so much to your own understanding and knowledge. Now, I'll make no bones about it. This is back-breaking work. And uh, I mean, you do not take it on during a honeymoon. Um, and I was so I did some 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 little calculations. So I think uh, what I came up what I what I decided upon were, were these hours. So during training, now this year, the training is virtual, which is actually better. Um, we expecting to spend about forty eight hours during the end of uh, end of March to early May. Uh, but if it is not virtual, then it's an on site a four day on site training program, which is preceded by independent work. So several hours that go into the training itself. Then after you become, after you have completed your training, you get a, you get a case, you get a, uh, you get an applicant. And during independent review of the applicant, I counted up 30 hours in a four week period, starting mid to late May. And then consensus review where, where you sit with the other examiners and discuss all the, all the points you have raised about the applicant that is about 40 hours over an eight week period. And it starts after the independent review. Then if you were to go on a site visit, that is a 20, at least a 24 hour, 25 hour preparation time over four weeks. And then 40 hours on site itself, which we end up spending Sunday through Saturday. And these are extremely long days that you spend on site. So, I had lived the applicant life, you know, I understood how some folk may approach this, this whole award process, not in an ideal kind of manner. And so how did that change my approach when I was an examiner? So while I participated in all these sponsored leadership meetings at the time of the site visit, I was especially thoughtful and careful in asking the walkabout questions. So really the average folks, the average workers, the average physician, you know, do they understand what's going on here? Do they understand these processes? Do they understand what this organization is all about? I also felt that this was really more important to me and, and really a true gauge of the depth of the applicant. And, and so to speak, that vertical deployment we talked about, you know, does it go all the way down the organization? And this is what I really, really tried to weigh in my, in my thoughts and my comments. I think the janitor gets it. It's true. If the physicians get it and they're involved and supportive, the changes are likely to stick. Otherwise, I'd take the application with the generous helping of sodium chloride. So in conclusion, embarking on a bolded journey will help your organization achieve performance excellence, but sustaining it is up to you. Baldrige is especially relevant in healthcare. As with everything in life, some achieve greatness, some maintain greatness, and some appear to squander. Leadership, leadership, leadership. Baldrige is a journey and not a destination. And finally, serving as a Baldrige examiner is an enriching experience. Thank you folks for your time. Happy to answer any questions that I may be able to answer.
Thanks, Amit. I really appreciate that. Um, I one question I have, and that is, uh, we're going to be talking about this in our next set of talks uh, with the current class, and that is the leadership category, category one, which is, um, well, if you look at it in the scoring uh, uh, scoring paradigm for Baldridge. It's the, it has the largest uh, score other than the results, the, the five results categories or elements. Anyway, long story short, what do you think about leadership as being one of the key elements of actually getting Baldridge to getting the Baldridge framework in place? You have to get buy-in, but you can't do that without leadership. And you think that may have contributed somewhat to the uh, change in that organization that you're referring to? Yes, I believe so. I think that leadership is central to this whole award and to the whole Baldrige journey. I think one area that I find that, that I think is a challenge, I mean, you know, we all expect transition. We don't expect the same leaders to stay at, that, at their position forever. I think the next step really is how do we how do we get the second tier or the follow follow up leaders so to speak to also buy into this and to have engagement in this process. I think if we were able to transition leadership into or at least have a transition where these ideals are maintained, then I think the journey will be sustained. But if you have a situation like I have seen in some places, and like I mentioned in my couple of examples, I think if the leadership moves on and that's the end of that story and the new leadership takes over and they got totally different agenda, Baldridge really then seems to fall by the wayside. That whole journey, the whole demand for excellence, uh, you know, how do, we, how do we engage our workforce? How do we make sure that our customers are our primary focus? Those make sense. And that really is what Baldridge is about. But if you really look at industry, if you look at across the swath of industry, that's not the focus for the most part. The focus in the most part appears to be the bottom line. How do we make sure the next quarter is still profitable and so forth? And that to me is the biggest challenge facing industry and also facing healthcare now. And, and your comment about sustainability, I think, is so important because it actually is one of the elements or one of the concepts that sort of filters through all of the Baldrige uh, framework. Uh, because if you do many of these things that, that the Baldrige framework requires to be on the Baldrige journey, uh, it should help promote sustainability, not just of the Baldrige framework, but of the organization per se. And uh, one of the, I think, and particularly in the last year, we saw some real challenges to organizational sustainability, both in terms of calling upon resources that we didn't, many organizations didn't even know that they had, uh, as well as trying to find resources that didn't, perhaps didn't even exist before. Um, and I know you're, particularly your job at United, uh, I can only imagine the challenges that you must have faced there. Exactly, absolutely. Um, you know, healthcare was, you know, transformed once again <laughs> last year. 
and continues to really be buffeted by these strong winds. And we still don't know what the future is going to hold, what what's going to happen. But yes, I think again, I mean, you know, if we were to uh, really, really have a process or practices and procedures all lined up, uh, being able to address uh, resiliency, uh, being able to address our challenges, it will help any organization survive these difficult times. James has a question. Go ahead, James. Yeah, Dr. Prasad. So uh, great presentation. Just, um, it, I, I don't know in your reading or your research, is it just the financial push to get to the award and then those finances just aren't sustainable? Um, I realize core values are a big part of it, but you know, it seems like uh, <clears throat> maybe it's an award for the haves versus the have nots. Well, that's a great viewpoint. I really haven't thought of it that way, honestly. Um, I think I honestly feel that if you approach Ballridge as a as a journey, finances will follow. Uh, most Ballridge facilities do well in finances, but that's not because they're doing well in finances to begin with. I think that's how they get to that point. So, like for example, Henry Ford was on the verge of collapse. You know, then you know several years later, now they got enough finances to sustain an at-risk uh, care model. So I really think that, and this is, I think, a problem that a lot of leaders seem to have, <clears throat> is that they seem to start with the finances. I think it should be the opposite. I mean, if you do the right thing, have the right processes, have the right approach, finances will follow. But you can't reverse that, in my opinion, in any industry or in healthcare. Thank you, that's an excellent answer. And to, to sort of follow up on James's comment, um, I, I just, one of the things that you'll notice in the, um, in, with, the ball, with the list of Ball Ridge Award uh, winners in healthcare, and you can also see it across other industries, there is a real range of the haves and have nots. Um, I, I think about, for example, the, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it in Anchorage, the Alaskan uh, recipient. Yes. Um, they have, you know, they, they have relatively few resources. They have a very impoverished population that they serve, relatively little in terms of reimbursement. And they were able to put together the impetus to do that. Part and, and I think in large part because of leadership, but there was also I when you know I, I had the opportunity to visit them at one point, and uh, I think there was also kind of a pervasive feeling among the staff that what they were doing had a special purpose, the dealing with Alaska natives in all kinds of environments uh, was something above and beyond the normal healthcare organization. So I, I think not only leadership, but also that getting that feeling among the staff of, of commitment and engagement is, is absolutely key. Very true, that's South Central Foundation. So I was reviewing that. Thank their you, thank yes. you. Yes, yes. You know, and old timers disease is a nasty thing. <laughs> so they had, they, they were also, yeah, exactly right. I mean, they had a unique healthcare delivery system top decile uh, HEDIS performance, uh, dominant market share. Yes, so they were, they were approaching it as a mission, exactly. 
Other questions? As I mentioned to Amit, we had a we had a nice discussion about uh, the the framework on Saturday. Just the overview. We haven't really done the deep dive yet, but uh, I, th I think there's some real enthusiasm. Let me ask, because uh, one of the things I mentioned on Saturday was the fact that Baldridge has come. The Baldridge framework has come in handy for me personally. Um, you know, because I. Years ago, when I was when I would go on a, a job interview, I would ask questions using the framework that nobody anticipated. You know, things like you know they they'd say, "Okay, now do you have any questions for us?" And I'd say things like, "Well, yeah, tell me a little bit about your leadership system. How do the, how do the leaders all engage workers?" And it's like um, um, nobody ever asked us that, <laughs> but it it definitely made an impression. So have you found any similar kinds of experiences like that? Yes, personally, I have. And I think, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of, uh, I, I like to go back to the uh, questions a lot because that really, to me, stimulates my own mind as to how I'm, if I have a problem I'm trying to deal with, I'm going to look at that and ask those questions of myself. How would I proceed? So even if I'm not exactly, you know, like my system, I'm not applying for the award, I can still use the questions to improve my work processes. And also to your point, you know, when you ask other people, you know, uh, you, you kind of floor them. I mean, a lot of times they haven't really thought about it at all. And it's for them a revelation that people can think in those terms also. So very, very powerful questions. Yeah, absolutely. All right, any other questions from folks before we wrap up here? Well, everybody, I want to thank you for your time. I hope this has been as helpful to you as it always is to me when I listen to Amit. I, his, his knowledge and depth of understanding of these things is, is really immense, and I really appreciate his doing this. Um, and I'm sure that he's very, I, I love it when I get to volunteer people. He's very willing to answer any questions you may have. So uh, his, and I think his email information is in the, um, in the material that we sent out. And so if you have any questions, I'm sure he's willing to do that. And again, Amit, thank you very much. We really appreciate it and continued success down there in Mississippi at United Healthcare. Thank you, Don, appreciate that. All right, well, thank you everybody. And I hope the rest of your day goes well. Take care folks, bye-bye. Thank you.